0: Mind you, I was in San Francisco for maybe three hours and I saw three fully nude homeless people fully like they weren't like, like kind they of new, used like, a ghillie suit or even, you know, socks and shoes, fully fucking nude and nobody bats an eye. Were the homeless guys well hung? Did you just get a good dong show?
1: I wasn't really paying attention to the dong area. Sounds was like Nick saw Dirty Mike and the boys. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show. Rate it and decide if it's a show we would greenlight or cancel. This week, we're going to be talking about Shorzy. Shorzy went six episodes with only one season on Hulu with a second expected to come out later this year. Today, we're going to be talking about episode one, which is called Never Lose Again, originally airing May 13th, 2022. So to get things started... I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always, all the boys: Nick, Joe, Gordo, and Ferg. What's going on, guys?
3: Hey, yo! the fuck? Yo! Up. Hey, go for a soda. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys know the song "Go for a Soda"? By the way,
0: no, but I think you brought it up before when I put, but when they was when they were still teasing this show. That part of the show was the teaser, and I think you had mentioned it then.
3: Yeah, I implore anybody listening right now, when they're done with this episode, just look up the music video for Kim Mitchell's Go For A Soda, and uh, we'll watch it later on, you guys. I think you'll really appreciate it. It's a, it's the most insane music video ever, and the song became a anti-drunk driving national anthem in Canada in the 80s. It is amazing.
2: So, yeah, so, Shorzy, this is a spinoff. So, we did Letterkenny a while back, and now we're doing Shorzy, and which one of I can't remember, which one of you guys picked? Ferg, you picked this one, right? Huh? <laughs> Hi. You, uh, did you you pick this episode? Yes, I did. And was there any uh, like specific motive that made you want to do this one?
1: I went from never seeing Letter Kenny to binging the whole show after we covered it. And Shozy was by far my favorite character. I've watched all like just his parts on YouTube like a hundred times. So when I heard the spinoff was coming, I watched that when it came out and binged that. So.
0: Which is a, a real testament to the show because Ferg loathes hockey. So the fact yes, that he true. likes this uh, is, speaks for itself.
2: And what about the rest of you guys? Have you guys watched the show before we did this prep for an episode? Huh? We watched huh?
0: it twice already. Um, no, so I was super excited for the show and then never watched it for no good reason. This yeah, is it's kind of first... the
2: same boat as that. And it's only six episodes, so yeah, it's I very know.
4: easy to watch. Ironically, Ferg, I think, before the show came out, leaked the whole season to us in the chat, and I watched, I think, the first couple of episodes. So this is actually a rare moment where I've seen a modern pilot. Again, this me leaking the whole show, you made up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Somebody put it in the chat. How could we? It was released weekly. We
4: (laughs) get an advanced copy of Shorty. We got an... Adv- you found...
2: For the first episode or the whole season? The whole season.
4: First no. leaked it. 100 pounds. Pa- I'm not making this up. I literally shared it with people at my work.
2: My phone's pretty new, so I don't have a backlog of the chat anymore. Oh, so I- my
4: God. <laughs> I remember
1: week one and two came out at the same time. No,
2: no. You literally went on the pirate
4: high seas and... You gave us some goofy website, and it had all six episodes of Shorzy on it. Did you hit your head? Yeah, I this must have been it.
0: before you replaced your CO two detector. Oh
4: my god! Oh my god! Why would I deny it? I would love. To- so lucky I don't even know
2: how to how to search. <laughs> you well, literally just hit the search. Well, in any event, I never watched Shorzy, and. When I saw the initial trailer, it looked really funny. And Letterkenny was like, it's like, I don't know. It's one of those shows that I feel like if I keep watching, I might get more into, but we covered it and it wasn't a hundred percent my style, but this seemed like really up my alley and I wanted to watch it. I never got around to it looking at it now and having watched, you know, we'll review it in a minute, but I want to go over the like IMDB and Rotten Tomatoes IMDB average rating is 8.5 on Rotten Tomatoes the tomato meter a full hundred percent to rarity with an audience score of 92 so very high regard for this show i
3: think this is what i mean i feel this way about letter kenny too right where it's like most people if you don't know what it is you don't you've never heard of it right like it's not like it's a hugely advertised show but then anybody who sees it immediately feels like they want to watch all of it or like gets the humor like i feel like it doesn't turn off a lot of people so i totally get that when people find that both of these shows they are hooked into it right away.
2: Also, a quick reminder to everyone, go to S1E1Pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to everywhere. We can follow us on social media, everywhere to listen to us, all that stuff. Rate, review, subscribe. We go over it all the time, and I, I should talk about it more in the front of the episodes and not just as we're closing out, but we really do appreciate that stuff. So follow us on Twitter and Instagram, S1E1Pod. Message us. We like talking to you guys. We like to find out the shows that you want us to cover because why put out content that no one wants to listen to? Also, yeah, give us a review, because that helps us out a lot, and subscribe, and all that fun stuff. Any information about the show you guys want to get into before we get into the meat and potatoes, or should we just get right into it?
3: Well, the interesting thing is, Jay, I don't think you haven't watched much of it, but the whole key to the character of Shorzy is that you never see his face. Like, he's never seen...
1: On Letter Kenny, not on right. this
2: show. I think... Well, yes, I know, I've watched this uh, episode, but um, no, I was aware of that. I was aware of that going in. And we'll talk about it when we first meet him, but I think the way they introduce you to this character in the show definitely nods to Letterkenny in that style and kind of the reveal of meeting him. We'll get into that in a second.
3: It does work both ways, though, because I will say one of the funniest Shorzy things he does in Letterkenny is when he's refereeing and the stuff he says to the other teams. and then But you never see his face, and it's kind of funny because it's just his 69 jersey saying all this stuff off camera. And then in this, when you see him doing it with his, it's equally, like, it works both ways, weirdly. I don't think I can say I like one more than the other.
2: And is it true that Jared Kiso had a tooth removed to do this?
0: I think it was a fake tooth, but he didn't have, like, one of his actual teeth removed.
2: I I had read, like, I think it was, like, the IMDB trivia or whatever, said that he surgically removed his tooth to do this.
0: I mean, respect if he did. I mean, if that's true, that is some commitment, for sure. Just out of curiosity, went through the chat. Gordo's right. On, oh. May, on May 17th, Ferg posted a link to the entire series of Shorzy 10 days before it actually came out. Wait, what date? May 17th. The show came out May 13th. Oh, because I, I replied to it saying that it doesn't come out until the 27th. Hmm.
3: Was it maybe the 13th on Crave? Because it usually comes out a few weeks. Or oh, weeks later it could be because it's Hulu.
1: Canadian. Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe it was when it was released on, what did it go to Hulu? Yeah, yeah, it's, right? it's Crave yeah. first, and then Hulu, It's it it like, standard. Yeah, that's
4: all. I knew I wasn't crazy.
2: It depends, like, where you go, because, yeah, if you look at... So if you go on IMDb and you look at the release dates, it shows everything from May 27th, because it all came out as, like, a streamer together on Hulu. But if you're on, like, a Wikipedia, it gives you different release dates, because that's where it originally aired outside of the country. So, yeah, May 13th, that's how those became available. That, that makes sense. So May thirteenth yeah. is when the episodes first came out. That's probably why everything was available for uh, online high seas pirate websites, like uh, Gordo was saying.
1: I've asked me hardy. So that makes
2: sense now. Gordo, um, how do you feel about Ferg calling you a liar on air, knowing damn well that he sent you the link?
1: He's still <laughs> a liar. I sent it out when it. I sent it out after it had all aired in Canada. In, in, in Canada, <laughs> in Canada, it doesn't count. That's how I watched it. That's how. Oh, hold Ferg,
0: on. Ferg went to Canada. <laughs> just so I've never been to wrongly.
1: Canada. Thank you very much, boys. <laughs> that's <laughs> a lie. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, no,
2: not this one again. <laughs> for those of you who uh, haven't been listening to us for a long time, just to tell it really quick: many, many years ago, me, Nick, and Gordo, and some other friends of ours went to Montreal. We asked Ferg to come. He didn't want to.
1: No, they didn't invite me. They planned it in front of me and didn't invite me. I wanted to talk about this really quick. This this came up in
0: conversation the other day with somebody, and it just highlighted how truly stupid we were as adolescents because this trip in question, regardless of whether or not Ferg was invited, was fucking cursed because on our way there, the bus was six hours late because the air conditioner on it broke. We hung out in Copley Square for six hours waiting for this bus. Which, if you don't know, is how long it takes to drive to Montreal, by the way. That's the drive. S- yeah. Second, on the way home, the bus literally died in Medford. And it just it coasted around a rotary, and they just left us there. And ask us, wh- how many of us thought it might be a good idea to get our fucking money back? Because we never even tried. We were six hours late and stranded on the side of the road. And we were like, oh, you know, I guess that's part of the fucking price. Because <laughs> why didn't we get our money back for that trip? I, I still don't understand it.
3: That's the folly of youth, though. You think yeah. you're invincible yeah. and everything's an adventure. So you don't really think about it or push back. You're just like yeah. so excited to go do
1: something.
2: We're all like 18, 19. We're just excited. We just got to like drink and see boobs. And we're like, this is the best <laughs> trip ever.
1: What you guys don't know is that was my ultimate revenge. I was just sabotaging (laughs) your bus. (laughs) First, just
0: (laughs) under the hood of the bus, chewing on wires.
2: (laughs) Fuck these. Like a rat. (laughs) I think, if anything, it's funny to look back at that trip. I mean, because you're young, right? So we're there, and we're not legally old enough to drink in the States. So we go out there, and the whole objective is, like, let's just drink for days. But, like, now, if I was, like, in Montreal, I'd be like, oh, there's so many things I'd like to visit and see. (laughs) Like, the trip. Would not even remotely mirror. I probably would oh, go yeah, to a no. single place I went to then, but 18 years, 18, 19 years later.
3: It's a different vacation vibe now.
2: But yeah, let's, um, let's get into the episode itself. What's funny is, so it starts off with this bro dude Presents Questionable Call, which is like a hockey call-in show that has like a panel. This is fake, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, I looked it up. And this is what I like because we just covered Ted Lasso. And in that episode, when they cut to ESPN, I said this exact thing like, I like when you create a fake show and do all this because it kind of keeps you in the fantasy world instead of like having it come out and then it's ESPN and whatever. And it kind of dates it in a weird way.
3: It drives me nuts. It's like the, not the last James Bond, but the one before that, maybe Skyfall or whatever. James Bond is like, in a bar like in some far-flung place and it's like wolf blitzer reporting live from cnn and you're like fuck you wolf blitzer get off this i'm in a different (laughs) world right now i don't want to watch a real news anchor saying he is who he is
2: now i'll say a couple of the people that are used in this fake like show are real people i i
4: assume the hockey guy was real they're all real people jay they're not fake
2: you know what i mean so like R.A., who is, he does work at Barstool. He does the Spitting Chicklets podcast. He was a super Boston guy that it, that's in this episode. The guy
3: who has the most Boston accent. Yeah, of time. I mean,
2: he's a real guy. I mean, he's playing himself in there. One of the other guys plays himself. But in general, this fictitious sports show to lead you in, I really liked. And it is funny that just a week removed from talking about, or well, now two weeks ago, when we did Ted Lasso to, to have that critique where I said, you know, I would prefer it done this way to see it done that way and enjoy it. Um, was fun.
1: I'm so glad we planned it that way when we wrote the script.
2: Yeah. It's like, I'm going to plant seeds two weeks ahead of time.
3: (laughs) And now also bro dude, energy drink is a big carryover from the letter Kenny world. There's like a whole subplot in one of the seasons about them starting this energy drink. So that's like another way to like sort of tie you into the
2: world. All right. So there's like, I haven't watched the other episodes, but I'm sure there's probably little winks and nods here and there. In it, they're doing like a roundtable kind of panel discussion, and they're talking about some stuff, and they're talking about the dirtiest play in hockey and what kind of plays those are, in that they they actually take a shot at Brad Marchand, so I, which is funny, Um, us being Boston guys, he's been a career brewing, so it's funny to hear him mentioned. They talk about potential dirtiest players in the game, outside of Ric Flair, of course, uh, as far as hockey goes, I, I know you guys aren't really an avid hockey group, so I don't know if you guys had any answer for that as who you guys feel is one of the dirtiest hockey players of all time.
1: Wayne Gretzky.
4: Wayne Gretzky?
2: I no named one.
1: a hockey player I know.
3: <laughs> who was the Bruin who he ended up being the coach of the Islanders for years, too, and he climbed into the stands and started punching the fans during a Bruins game? He's who I would pick, and I can't remember his name to save the life. Oh, right Metal
4: World Peace. Cheevers? Yeah.
3: No, not Jerry Cheever. Phil
4: Esposito? Esposito? Esposito?
2: No, he was one of the older ones. I forget. Uh, I can't remember. Are you talking like the Big Bad Bruins days? I think like, that's what
4: he's talking about.
2: I mean, I'm not as well-versed in my plans from back then. I
4: want to say it's like Cheevers or... No, he was, he was a goalie way before then.
2: Cheevers was like the first goalie to wear the mask. He's like so
4: Yeah, and he put the, the stitches yes. on it.
2: Every time he got hit in the face with the puck, he added a stitch.
4: Hold on, I'm on. Mike, I Milbury. do know who you're talking about.
2: Though. Oh, Milbury,
0: All
3: Mike right. Milbury, yeah.
2: Oh, okay. I'm not as familiar with his playing career to know like if he was you know super dirty or not.
3: Well, I mean, in this in this incident, the greatest moment in hockey ever to me is he climbs into the stand to start beating up a fan. He takes the fan's shoe off, hits the fan with his own shoe, and then throws the dude's shoe on the ice so he'd have to leave with only one shoe on. It is the most like epically fuck you ever
1: you have to walk home with one shoe
3: and this is back when that part of North Station was like real gnarly and dirty too.
1: Imagine if it was the other way around though and the fan took his off because that would have been a skate and then <laughs> that he would have been, been dead. Burning. A little sharp.
2: I was thinking of a player like Matt Cook who used to play for the Penguins. I'm sure none of you know who he is. Sean Avery was kind of notoriously a dirty player. Some of those guys came to mind. I was like oh what a fun discussion to have and I was like nobody else here. What about
4: Sidney Crawford? Back. Cros- he's
2: not Crosby? A dirty player at all. Yeah, also that. Sidney Crosby. And he's not a dirty player at all. He's like a finesse player.
4: Yeah.
3: I loved hockey as a kid. I sort of fell out of it. But I always think that, like, that's a sport I can get back into. And then this year, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And then again, I don't have cable.
2: You know what's funny? I have, like, a weird a weird memory of you just having a Florida Panthers jacket.
3: That's because my favorite Bruin of all time, Joe Juno, was traded to the Florida Panthers so I became then a diehard Panthers fan.
4: Well, thanks, Joe. For what? The Bruins just lost to the Panthers in the oh, oh, most okay. epic like collapse.
1: I liked when uh, Joe Juno got pregnant in high school and then he had a baby.
2: <laughs> now it would be more like Junior. <laughs> but moving right along. Uh, so uh, in this conversation about dirty players, they start talking about Shorzy. There's a lot of stuff that, like, they're talking about a lot of character traits. Now, Shorzy is the main character of this show. Now, am I to believe that he was a pro that is now just playing in adult league hockey? No. He never made it to the pros?
3: No, you never get the impression he was a pro. He's just played on, like, every varying level of, like, minor league hockey in Canada.
4: Can I I ask, though, because that's what was confusing me about this when they start talking about the no-show league and stuff. Is that, like, a minor league, or is that, like, a... Bro's like us, just go and buy hockey gear and just be a team.
2: I think it's
3: a level in between.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like right in that mix. It's a regional like small league. It's a four team league. You know what I mean? It's very, very. So
1: it's like a step above bear league, right?
2: Yeah, because it's in like a in like small towns where not much is going on. So like the local team is just something to do that night because there's not a lot you know else to do.
0: Are anybody in these leagues like getting scouted? Not at this point. They're already older. Right, so that's why I don't think that they're in the mix.
2: No, I mean, they might have played, like, juniors and stuff like that, and then, you know, it didn't pan out for them, or sometimes in those leagues, like, a guy has a cup of coffee in the NHL and doesn't, you know, go any further.
1: This the guy in Kenny, and he's also in Shorzy. Not to get ahead, but it's not even in this episode, but he joins the team. He's, like, a former player. who's Joe, what's his name? Like, the
4: fat guy? Oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about, Yeah. I forget. Yeah, forget his
3: name in the show, but yeah, he's like a former enforcer he's like famous, famous for playing hockey in that world. But this is almost like in the show, obviously, I think it's you have to bring up at one point Slapshot, right? It's a little bit like Slapshot yeah. 2 where like that's a league that's like, I mean, think of how there used to be like, there's the NFL, but then there was the USFL and there was Canadian football, right? Like there's all these like leagues that are sort of still semi-professional but very, very low down which is kind of like the team and slap or like this right Where like you're definitely not getting paid very much it's very small leagues the league up here is like that from what i gather, too. Well, this is
2: like a very 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 low level league this yeah. is like a nothing league there's no prospect of advancing you're not attached to a professional team or anything like that you just kind of exist for the love of playing i'd be surprised if the players even made any money
3: yeah there's no like farm system to this you're not like three levels below an hl team this is like separate from everything
2: when they're talking about shorzy and they're going over a lot of, like, the details about him. They mention how he cries a lot, how he likes to shit before every game and between every period. And then the potty kiss, which is basically, I think you're at a urinal, and then he just smashes your head against the wall.
3: <laughs> I've seen this show a number of times. Like, this episode I've seen at least twice. There was a few moments that made me laugh out loud still seeing it. And when he takes his stick from the bench. And nutshots of the guy who's on the ice. <laughs> I laughed again, like <laughs> legitimately, like how funny of a move that is.
2: Now, Sudbury, where this is located, this is a, that's a real area, correct? In Ontario. Yep. And yeah, so they're talking about Shorzy, and they mentioned that that's where he plays. He plays in the uh Northern Ontario Senior Hockey Organization, or no show as it's known, the four team league. And <laughs> it's referred to as senior hockey hell. And that's when we get to clip of Shorzy playing. And you kinda of, well, you see him like from behind. You see his you know, his jersey. It says Shore, number sixty nine, and he's kinda of like slow motion, like heading off to the ice. And we get that title screen that just says Shoresy with the logo of um the team, like that bulldog logo.
3: I know we've all talked about going to Canada before. We've all but Ferg been there. Has anybody ever been to anywhere near here, like in Ontario?
2: No, I've only done the Montreal no. trip. Only in Montreal.
3: I've been to Ottawa.
2: Cool. How was that?
3: Uh it was cool. It was a cool little it's the capital, but it's one of those places where you're like it's almost like being in like Concord, New Hampshire. We were like, wait, this is the capital city. Like it, it's very small, but what was, we were, when we were there, it was cool. I stayed at a haunted hostel and played some fest. You guys
1: want to take a trip to Concord, New Hampshire, and then we can just say we went to Ottawa?
3: I mean, you can take pictures. It would probably look similar.
2: Now we get to the first post-intro scene. We're in the locker room, and it looks like a game had just completed. Everyone's sitting in the locker room. Coach comes out, and he's addressing the team. And it's uh, Coach Michaels, and he comes in, and he's trying to just kind of be positive after this loss. And as he gets going, we keep getting, like, cut-ins from one of the other players. He's sitting right behind him. What's his name? Uh, he's, like, the only other Sanguine. player on What is it? Sanguinette. Sanguinette. Sanguine. 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 Yeah. Sanguinette. And he's kind of, like, backing him up and just kind of being his, like, little side hype guy as he's talking. And the coach is saying, you know, we're right in there with them. We'll-, we'll get them next time. And it gets cut short. By the sound of a bull fart, which I assume at this point, <laughs> Nick and Gordo are in, her, in hysterics.
0: Who isn't? It's a fucking yep. hysterical bull fart. If you genuinely didn't find that funny, you have a, a mental issue. Like you have a, a chemical imbalance. It should be funny to everybody.
2: You're just a grumpy old man if you no, don't think right. that's funny. <laughs> I think in this context, it was done in a way that was humorous.
3: Yeah, this is funny. It's No, it's not funny is when you wake up at seven in the morning to some video you sent that seems like it's some real accurate thing. And I'm like clearing my eyes out to get up for work. And then it's five minutes and then it ends with a fart. Then I'm fucking furious at you. I love this that, is that funny. makes it
0: funnier. To <laughs> me I was now. just going to say, I love that that worked out exactly the way I wanted it to. Because...
2: I just was angry. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I again, I, I, a lot of you who have been listening are probably aware by now. By no means am I trying to claim that me and Joe are at a heightened sense of maturity. We're not. No,
1: you guys are anti-fart.
2: But the other three are much, much, much more into fart humor than Joe and I are, who do not gravitate towards that humor. And now we have to deal with usually Gordo sending tens of thousands of fart videos in any given (laughs) month
3: but now that you guys have gotten more clever and found a way to disguise it so i think i'm watching real information until the end which is good on you but also fuck you
2: there's so many times that i just see a thumbnail to a video from gordo and i know it's a fart video so i just don't open it because i already know what it is
3: well that was a smart thing it came from nick i know to avoid ones from gordo like that's like a immediate like i'm not gonna dignify this i know what it is with nick it could have been anything it could have been like Check out this guy doing something weird to a bridge. Like, it could have been anything. Like, I would have been like, oh, there's probably something interesting. I didn't expect what it was. And then I was like, and then my wife is like getting ready for work in the room with me. And she hears it. And then I just start like, fuck, God fucking damn it. She's like, what are you watching? I was like, no,
0: I'm not watching.
3: It's so fucking aggravating. I didn't even
0: click it. I can't believe how well that worked. You really, you
3: you prompt me pretty good on that one. I'll give you that you got me.
2: So, um, oh, man. the coach asked Shorzy if he has something to say, we just get more farts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> very well executed farts, by the way, to make a, a fart sound fake in TV can be weird. Sometimes you can tell it's like very poorly foleyed or, you know, just like they just found a fart in the internet and like, do we
1: know it's fake? I,
2: yeah. You
0: never know. I guess
2: it'd be interesting. You always see those things where they show the sound effects and how they're really made and it'll be like, you know. Someone walking up the stairs and you see someone with like shoes on their hands banging on a a clapboard. So I I wouldn't know how they would replicate the sound other than the authentic way, but eventually Shorzy finally speaks up and you just hear, This team is so fucking bad.
3: (laughs) (laughs) His voice is what makes it so much funnier too. You don't expect him to have the high voice.
0: Good impression, Jay.
2: Thank you. (laughs) And this is the first time, this is a runner throughout the entire episode, but basically, Sanguinette, every time he tries to speak, you just get Shorty cutting him off and telling him to shut the fuck up. And it happens all throughout the episode. I you would think it would
0: get season. old. And for some reason, he puts a little a, enough of a spin on it each time. Yeah, there's
2: a different like inflections each time.
1: Yeah, it's always the, the post comment after the shut the fuck up. I think that's what keeps it like lively.
2: The coach uh, asks what he wants. He's like, I want to never lose again. The coach tells him, well, you know what? Let's have a talk in my office after you're done shitting. He's like, oh, you think I'm shitting, Freikles? I should be so lucky. I'm puking and shitting at the same time. This team is so fucking bad. I've lost control of my bodily functions.
3: <laughs> I should be so lucky. Is it a fucking funny way to describe what is happening at that moment?
2: Yeah, because Shorty's basically just like, we just lost five, 5-0 goose. for the 20th. Yeah, 5 goose for the 20th loss of uh, of our season. And you're out here, like, making excuses about how the other team's good and how we hung in there. And the coach's like, they're a good team. Like, why don't you suck their dicks if you like them so much
3: (laughs) (laughs) this show literally is a very good but very loose premise and then about 21 minutes of just like rapid fire jokes that will destroy your brain it's so fucking funny
2: i'll say like you know curtain peel like as i'm like doing my notes to prep this i'm like how do i address this show without just reading the script because it's so one-liner heavy it's like really tough to like Set up a premise and decide, like, what's a good line to, to you know, recite versus what can you skip?
3: And then all the one-liners work, too, which makes it harder because yeah. you're like, you don't even want to skip any of them because every one of them is gold.
4: Yeah.
2: Like, right after now, the coach is like, you know, if you know so much, why don't you teach me something? Like, tell me something I don't know. And you get a long pause. And then Shorty's sh- sh- like, your are broad-centered tits to my buddy on Instagram. And then him and, he- <laughs> <laughs> him and my other buddy fucked her in M- uh, Muskoka. And then says, More hockey players have had your broads' tits on their phones than they have fucking Uber. <laughs> I thought that was like the most clever line of the entire
0: thing. And I just love that this is all happening while he's taking a barefoot shit behind a yeah. door. Yeah. Like, in, in hockey gear. Yeah.
3: He also says that she cleared the playa- place out with her coke farts, which yeah. <laughs> <laughs> made me laugh so fucking hard because I don't know if anybody here has ever done cocaine, especially. 10 or 15 years ago I mean I would never advocate drugs Especially now that there could be anything in them But before that was a threat The stuff that was in coke was always just Baby laxative And you just yeah. knew if you were at a party And a bunch of people did coke Because everybody's coke farts would clear out the room So that was like such a weirdly like Specifically accurate joke On top of being funny Becomes the bean
1: scene from Blazing Saddles Oh man <laughs> Best scene in, in
4: cinema history <laughs>
2: When uh, Sanguinette tries to cut in to stop him, he's like, shut the fuck up, Sanguinette. Everyone knows you got an underwater squeezer from her on the other side of our party (laughs) (laughs) Uh, last summer with Saga Beach. He's like, I could have got one too, but I was having an aqua dump.
3: The writing of this show and of Letterkenny, the amount of things they have put into the cultural lexicon, like
4: aqua dump, like it's Uh, just- I'm going to have to cut you off because according to- uh oh! These nuts. On right. June 10, 2007, <laughs> aquadump was put onto Urban Dictionary, which was the act of performing a bowel movement in any body of water under the complete anal submersion.
1: I love that you were trying to read that and then you got to the person's name not expecting it and started laughing before you could read it. Are you sure that wasn't you? Yeah, which makes me just think
3: that you're reading your own submission.
4: <laughs> I wasn't that clever in 2007.
1: Good thing you got so much smarter. Yeah, You're so much more clever now, Gordo. I'm
3: really glad of <laughs> the intervening years things have taken uh, up for you.
2: So now Michaels is losing it and he's saying that he should fold the whole team and he heads out of the locker room. And Short's like, yeah, stick with me, Michaels. You'll learn something new every day of your life, you piece of shit. And then the toilet flushes, and you see Shorzy step out. And like you said before, in Letter Kenny, the character's never seen. And I thought it was really kind of clever to have the first scene with them where you don't see him for the majority of the scene, and then kind of the reveal at the end. I thought that was like a nice little nod to Letter Kenny. And it was a cool way to do it, yeah. you could You could not know that show exists, and this whole scene works, but if you know, you know. You know what I mean? And that's kind of like the revealing of the character.
3: Especially yeah. too, because him talking from the urinal while he's, ta- while he's using the bathroom is like an ongoing thing in episodes of Letter Kenny. So like they introduce him in the regular way you're used to seeing him and then break that all down.
2: And then from there we get another scene where it's Shorzy and Sanguinette and they're in a room with these two girls who are Zeeg and Meeg. The girls are telling Shorzy that Jim wants him to go to the Carlson. But who is Jim?
1: The female
0: owner. The owner of the team.
2: I thought her name was, like, Matt.
0: This also confused me. I have no input because I was also confused with this. So-and-so wants to meet you at the thing, and then, well, I think it's called the Coulson. The Coulson, yeah. A person by the, a different name is the one meeting him there, but it's the same person as... I, this lost, I lost
1: this part of the
0: show. I was I confused. Don't They're
2: like, oh, Jim wants you to go. Maybe they're saying
1: GM, but they're saying it all Canadian, so it just sounds like Jim. Maybe it is a weird That's way to say it's yeah. actually
2: possible. Yeah, yeah, it's possible because I have No, I was joking. But it might it <laughs> may it might have worked.
4: Yeah, just lean into it,
2: Ferg. And a lot of that a lot of that conversation that they're having with the two girls is also just recapping everything that had just happened with the coach and they're kinda of asking for some follow-ups, like getting a squeezer and some of the aqua dump stuff. We get some further explanation where they um they try to talk about what constituted being an aqueduct. Uh, aqueduct.
1: An, an aqueduct is very different.
2: Is it an aqueduct if it's in a tub?
1: An aqueduct would be terrible, by the way, because it would float up and hit you in the face. Not if you were in like an ocean. No, if you're floating your chins above the water, you take a shit in the water, it's going to float up. And you hit don't have in to be chin. floating.
2: You could. All right. It, it, what a weird conversation. I imagine you want to be in running water. You could be to your waist in water. You don't have to be to your neck in water. What if you're in a river or on an
4: ocean, and then you take a dump and it just goes downstream. Like it goes bloop and it goes down the river.
3: Well, to go a little further ahead, they're talking about, they're hanging off of a party boat, which means that they are hanging with their yeah, legs. So the, water in the water must be deep and their arms are above it. So it couldn't come up and hit them in the face. Cause they're on a boat like this, but their bodies under the water.
4: And there's a propeller.
3: So they also do later in the episode show this scene. So you do see how it plays oh, out. Okay. Not this episode later in the season.
2: But, yeah, that scene, um, it basically ends with them being, Shorzy being forcefully told that he has to go to this place to Coulson and uh, kind of address, uh, I thought they said address the team, but we only really have him meet that girl, Nat, later on. So we get to um, an exterior shot of that bar, which it was like a line to get in.
3: It's like a bar, but it's also like a dance club.
2: Yeah, it's club-ish. And the camera shows us Sanguinette, who's like, Sanguinette, I'm sorry. And he's like kind of scoping out the place from the inside. And this is kind of like a random shot of a blonde girl that catches his eye. And then it's just like, and he's like looking at her and it gets cut off by an announcement over the PA about a car that left its light on. And the girl who's on the PA falls up by saying, also, if you're a fucking loser that just got pumped five goose on the 20th loss of the campaign, meet me out back. And we cut outside and it's like the back of the bar. And the person who was just on the PA who we find out is Nat is uh, standing there just kind of like waiting and while she's waiting, there's just like a random like multi-person fistfight happening that's like not addressed at the time at all.
3: I assume it's bouncers fighting
2: patrons. I just thought it was just like random dudes just fighting to fight. And I mean, there is a callback later, so it it all comes full circle. But at the time, I'm like, what? Okay. I just thought it was like, oh, it's Canada hockey fans and they just fight. I, I don't know. I, I like. I mean, if we learned anything from Letter Kenny, that everybody loves to fight. Yeah,
3: right. right. I mean, that's half the show is fighting.
4: I was gonna say, but in the pilot episode of Letter Kenny, that was kind of the whole build up. Was they built up to the bar fight behind the bar? So I wonder if it's a callback to that.
2: Um, I'm probably would agree. It, well, it comes back. That's why. So it, like, it makes sense why this is happening. Like as you watch the episode, because it unfolds and there's a payoff there. But the the two guys end up heading out and they meet up with Nat. You know, we just hear like, "Hey, Nat," and it's "Fuck you, Shorzy!" For what? <laughs> <laughs> you get pumped five coos for the 20th lots of our campaign, and you're like, hey, Nat. And Shorzy's like quick to just blame the coach. She's kind of reminding him how the coach now wants to fold the team and brings up the, and what's this I hear about you taking a dump in his girlfriend's lake? It was a lake. It wasn't her lake. <laughs> they talked about like how you could go about even owning a lake.
3: <laughs> it just keeps coming up, too. Like, I do love that they, like, they harp on everything. In
2: a lot of these conversations that happen throughout the episode, there's old callbacks that just kind of like get thrown in like really quickly. Cause it's a lot of fast dialogue and you can kind of see like, it's it's like organized chaos. Every time they have these fast conversations, Nat brings up, do you know how much I spent on that guy talking about coach Michaels? And that's when we realize that, you know, at this point you assume she owns the team, but at the very least is like the GM or someone high up in their offices, but it looks like a small operation. So you just assume she's the owner. And we find out Michael's coach pro and, you know, she's paying him all this money to bring him in and paying for his hotel and everything and flying him back and forth. Shores. like, yeah, but he sucks. And yeah, if you can't do teach, which I know is like a, it's a popular term that the idea that I can't remember what else it was in that I'd seen not long ago, but basically the sentiment is those who are knowledgeable towards it, but can't do it. Just teach it. It's, it's like condescending the way it's explained.
1: Yeah. But ironically, you know, it doesn't come up in this episode, but it's the other way around is the coach is actually a really good goalie.
2: Oh, that comes up like later, later on.
1: Yeah. He stays in the seat. He's in the whole season.
2: Yeah. Cause we find out he played like NCAA,
1: but he was not a good coach.
2: And Shorty's talking about how much he hates losing and how he never wants to lose again. And that's saying, you know, if my mom could see you guys shit the bed like this, she'd shit in her grave. He's like, well, yeah, we're pretty fucking bad. She's like, if you guys can't score, you should at least be fighting. We need to at least fill these seats. And is going on about how the kids don't want it. He says, like, they don't skate. They don't score. They don't hit. They don't fight. They, they float. This is, like, the one
1: time he's, like, truly genuine. No Cause joke. He's ta- yeah, just talking. Yeah, like,
2: you know he, like, loves hockey. And, like, he's, he just is a product of the, you know, the your teammates around you. You can only do so much. And I actually really like this quick back and forth. Nat says they don't love to win. And he replies and says they don't hate to lose. Yeah, Which I thought was such a great bit of dialogue there.
3: That's like genuine good writing, right there. Yeah, yeah, because
2: that there's so like that's for a quick line in a show like this. There's so much weight to something like that because that's really what it is about. Like in competitive sports. Yeah,
1: I could see that being a trailer scene in like a sports movie from the nineties, right? like a motivational yeah. sports movie. That's definitely and remember the
3: Titans somewhere. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and, and, and and not to put any slight or discredit towards this show. But I feel like it's almost like a, that line was too good to be wasted as a one-off, like throwaway line in this dialogue here. And then Nat talks about how she hates losing so much, and he tells her that's what makes her such a sniper. What did that mean? Because they kept talking about it, and I didn't know what.
1: That's more Letter Kenny stuff. Yeah, it's it's used two different
3: ways. Okay, so in Letter Kenny, if they're talking about it in a hockey sense, they're talking about it as like a hard, like it's hard to get a goal. It's like a, a sniper. It's like a hard to achieve like hockey goal they call anybody they find hot sniper too as if they're not in a hockey rink
2: okay all right so he's just saying that she's hot
1: yeah no she's she, okay. he's calling it almost like if it was wrestling she'd be a ring rat it's uh, not hard to find girls There's any girls that go to the games as a sniper
2: no because she seemed like no she seems like flattered by the comment
1: yeah i think it's just anybody that's considered hot i don't think it's like a i don't think it's like the hockey groupies no, it's definitely the groupies, because they call any girl that's at the games. You go, check out the sniper up there and stuff like that. But they say it in the bar, too.
2: I don't think I don't think it's, yeah, I don't think it's like a ring rat type thing or a puck slut. She was flattered by hearing it, because her reaction was kind of, like, positive. So it couldn't have been that that's what he was calling her.
3: Somebody reach out, let us know what, uh, who's right and who's wrong on this one. Any of our Canadian listeners.
2: Yeah. When the scene ends, we cut to the exterior of the bathroom. And we get this like big bald guy who there was a quick scene with him and sanguinette earlier. That was like a really kind of weird interaction that happened earlier. But
0: just to go back a real, real quick, Joe kind of nailed it. But a sniper in hockey is somebody who so scores she, like, all, laser goals right? Who's somebody like, who just yeah. somebody who scores a lot and hot chicks score often also. So they are also snipers.
2: Go oh, okay.
4: there it is. Ah, okay.
3: They also often wear ghillie suits, which is the sexiest way to find a (laughs) (laughs) woman. And pee in a bottle. Yeah, when we were in San Francisco last time, we like, Kelsey and I got up early and went to go get coffee, right? And uh, so we're like, stop somewhere to like have coffee. We're just like having a smoke or whatever. And all of a sudden, coming up on the street on an electric scooter is a man. This is at like 7 a.m. in a full ghillie suit, bombing down the street on electric scooter, and all these dudes who are like working in the middle of the street in construction. I'll just stop and go, "Hey, Gilly man, where are you hiding today?" And we like lost <laughs> our minds at this, and then we went back and we're like, "He must be a neighborhood staple." These guys knew who he was. They called him out. They must see him every morning. And any person who ever mentioned it to in San Francisco was like, "What are you talking about?" So I don't, I don't know if I just like had a weird. No, shared, you had the uh,
0: opposite experience that I had in San Francisco because when I was in San Francisco. Mind you, I was in San Francisco for maybe three hours and I saw three fully nude homeless people. Fully, like, they weren't like, <laughs> like, kind They're of news, have used like, a ghillie suit or even, you know, socks and shoes. <laughs> fully fucking nude homeless people just walking around and nobody bats an eye. And we, you know, we live in a city that has homeless people. I'll, I mean, luckily, not a ton of them compared to other cities. But if one of them was fully nude, they wouldn't make it, you know, a half mile without getting picked up. It is very jarring seeing a naked human being out of nowhere. Right. And it's just normal out there. It's it's such a different planet in that city. And a few other <laughs> cities are like that, too. But as far as homeless goes, yeah, that was uh, probably the most jarring experience I've ever had. Were the homeless guys
3: well hung? Did you least get a good dong show?
0: I wasn't really paying attention to the dong area. Sounds like
1: Nick saw Dirty Mike and the Boys.
2: <laughs> Thinking back to homeless experiences, I remember, too, is like to talk back about that old trip to Montreal. I remember how aggressive they were in that area. They would like chase you down the street, but they would ask you for money. And if you're like, sorry, man, I don't have any money on me. They would they would, like they didn't just go, OK. They would then like just keep hounding you. and like Yeah, I
0: got to a fight with one outside of our hotel room because I wouldn't give her a drag of my cigarette and she was like, oh, you Americans come here on Mommy and Daddy's dime, and you can't even help us out. And I'm like, well, first of all, like, I work. Like, I paid for this trip. <laughs> Second of all, fuck off. I don't want to give some weirdo a drag of my cigarette. I'm sorry.
2: I don't want herpes regardless of how I funded <laughs> yeah, this trip. Not, right?
3: like- no, that's a smart move. That's a smart move from that person because you say, hey, can I drag your cigarette? And you're like, no, I'll just give you one. Then you don't have to come out and just be like, hey, can you give me a cigarette? You're just like, I'll just give you one. And it it's almost a different way of asking the same thing,
0: right? Also, Canadian cigarettes suck so hard. They do.
2: When we went, I had just quit, so like there was this curiosity where I wanted to try them, but I had freshly quit smoking. You're not we missing anything.
0: The best cigarette in Canada is still the worst cigarette here. It's they're all garbage. Was there one yeah. called
2: Players? I believe. Yeah, was yeah. There a, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I think we part. got. What an odd. You know, there's so many important things in life that well, I can't seem to retain, but. The random brand of cigarettes that I saw in Canada 20 years ago, that's embedded in my brain. That's me with all the stupid TV.
4: (laughs) I wish I could remember math. (laughs) At least you're funneling it into a podcast.
2: Yeah, the Nova Scotia Players, I believe, is what those cigarettes are called. To get back into the episode, we, we get this exterior shot of the bathroom, and we see this big bald guy who walks in and we saw him earlier with Saint when they had an odd interaction, like earlier before they ended up outside. That was like really quick. But in any event here, he walks into the bathroom and then we see Shorzy going right behind him. And then flash forward a second, Shorzy walks back out the bathroom door and we see this guy just laying on the floor. And what was going on here? I, like, there was, yeah, I, they I don't explain
3: understand. any of this.
2: It was so random. Yeah, I,
1: You know what I assume? I assume he did the, um, what's it called? The
4: urinal thing. Yeah, the, the potty
2: kick. Oh. I
4: mean, that's I, what I got, but I didn't understand I didn't, why. Yeah, I mean, that oh, could make okay, sense, that, but
2: yeah. I guess when they explained it earlier in that show at the top of the episode, I just kind of thought it was a not super aggressive thing that would knock someone out. Cold. Well,
1: I think it's not super aggressive, but I think he's really upset, and I think he did it to him and knocked him out, but yeah. it was confusing because when I watched it, this is coming to me right now, and when I watched it, I just thought he kicked the shit out of him.
2: Yeah, Yeah.
3: no, I did, too. And you saying that, I'm like, oh, that's definitely a callback. But again, but we don't understand who that guy is and mm-hmm. why he did that to him.
2: Right. And why I had that awkward thing earlier on with Sanguinette.
4: The only thing I could think of was that, like, that guy blocked Sanguinette. Because, like, when Sanguinette went to go and... Yeah, but Shorzy didn't see that. How do you know? Because
0: Shorzy calls Sanguinette over and says, hey, come over. And then Shorzy walks away. And then that's when Sanguinette speaks to or sees that bald guy.
4: Oh. Okay. So it's just so Shorzy just gave him the, the urinal kiss or whatever it is, just for the hell of it.
1: That's what I think now.
2: It's possible. I mean, as it's explained, I could see that being what happened.
0: I really enjoyed the soundtrack for the show. All the transitional music and, like, during, like, the slow-mo stuff was, like, I really got into it. I enjoyed it.
2: So the next scene, we see Shorzy reffing a high school game. He's just really getting into it with a couple of kids. Like, there's a the one kid, Corey, where he's, like, he calls him into the box for he gives him two minutes for roughing when the kid's like, for what? He's like, for being a fucking idiot, Corey. (laughs) He
3: calls him a pimple farmer. Uh, Fucking mind blowing. How funny this stupid shit is.
2: Yeah. I like when uh, (laughs) he tells him like, keep working hard. Corey can be just like me. He's like, Oh yeah. I remember laying in bed as a kid dreaming about roughing high school hockey on a Friday night. He's like, yeah, I remember (laughs) laying in bed dreaming about the time your mom tongue, my butthole so good that I put her in my phone as (laughs) roll up the rim to win. (laughs) (laughs) now
0: let me ask you this is this dialogue as funny without the over-exaggerated accent
2: his accent makes it funnier for sure but i mean i think it would
0: be funny anyways but it definitely makes it better i think
2: it's the quick nature the the snappy like line 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 like that definitely helps in the pacing
0: i mean there's a couple
2: things
3: here though but by the fact that you just get to see his face what he tells the kid that he says uh getting jerk offs is wrong he looks like he's genuinely about to like break up laughing and you never get that with shorzy in letter kenny and his face in that made that even funnier
2: i love that scene because yeah when, when the kid says that he's oh what does he call him like a fucking infant he's like he's like you don't even know what it means it's, it's jerked <laughs> off
3: there's a scene here too right uh, part of the scene too where like one of my favorite uh shorzy lines like this is equal to it when <laughs> he says his mom keeps faking getting stung by a jellyfish so he'll keep pissing oh, like, on her <laughs> yeah. i laughed so hard at that i had to pause it and stop taking my notes it like destroyed my brain at
0: how fucking good that line is and i've yeah. seen this before i really want to know how many of these lines are
4: ad-libbed or not it gotta be a lot of them there's
2: probably also a ton of great ones that don't make it in like a oh, bunch I'm of like sure. lines and stuff when he also tells them that uh, your mom's twat so swampy that not even ducks unlimited want to touch her, <laughs>
3: <laughs> the like level they go in the like depravity. Like these people are all so much smarter than us because most normal people will just like go for something cutting and try to be funny, but the level of shit here, like some of the Shorzy stuff, was like your mom squirted into my fish tank. It threw off the pH level and the fish all died like the level of thinking of a line like that is so fucking crazy uh, these dudes are fucking geniuses i liked
2: yeah. when uh, the other kid liam when he's going back and forth with him and every time he talks to liam he does like a, ooh, like he's like fake crying and every time he did it it like popped me I, the fake crying face he made to liam every time got me one thing though i i i do like so we we were talking about how the the way the lines are delivered and how that's adding to it and the accents and how that kind of goes along with the humor to compare it to Letterkenny, It's weird. Cause it's that same kind of like fast paced line, 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 but this show has a very different tone and it's a lot. It's not as dry and like monotone and delivery. And for me, it like, it works a lot more this way. I know you guys are, are bigger fans. There's of more energy.
1: No, I, yeah, like Shor- I like I like Shorzy more than Letter Kenny. Yeah, and
2: I think I think that energy that's brought to the lines, but with that same style of writing and delivery, it it just amplified it. And it it I think this is a big step up, in my personal opinion. In
4: Letterkenny, Kenny, I had a real hard time understanding the back and forth quips, which was part of the reason why I canceled it initially. With this one, I could understand them. I don't know if there was a because there, there was a muted canadian accent to
2: it because i didn't get the full-blown country canadian accent I think part of it is the energy behind it because they're louder and enunciating more clearly where it's a more monotone low-paced kind of dialogue in Letterkenny, so i guess it's easier to miss it because it's not there there's just there's less behind the the words
0: that's what i, I was so the question i have is in Letterkenny, what they do a lot, and it's actually something I don't like about Letterkenny. And what they do a lot is like that round table joke. I don't know what it's, what you would actually call it, but for those of like you- Like when they're all Joe sitting and, at the stand for, and stuff like that? Yeah, and they'll or in the locker room with all the hockey players, for instance. Like they'll go around the room multiple times, yeah. rifling off like the same kind of jokes and they- Boomtown. And if you ask me, it lasts too long. It's too written? Yeah, and do they do that in Shorzy, or is that specific to no. Letter Kenny? Okay,
3: no, they do a little bit because there's the there's some stuff about like who gets the tea, who wins the ice cream at the end. Like they they do it, but it's not as long. Yeah, but okay. that's
1: not like a controlled skit like every episode of Letter Letter Kenny has. Right, right. Closest thing to that in Shorzy, I think, is just any of the dialogue the two girls that told him to meet um, Nat. They're the closest characters to a Letterkenny character other than Shorzy.
3: I mean, I will say I love Letterkenny, and I love this too. I think this show will appeal to more people than Letterkenny does. I think you could get somebody who's never seen either of them to watch both of these shows, and you'd probably get somebody who, like, more people would like Shorzy, I think, than Letterkenny, because Letterkenny is so specific.
2: It feels less niche, yeah. During um, this argument that Shorzy's having with the kids, he, he, he tells, I believe it was Corey, He's like, oh, I can't wait for you to graduate in 10 years so you can play with us and, you know, I can make a man out of you. And he's like, you're not even going to have a team. You're folding. He's like, we're what? And then he's, like, chasing after him. He's like, wait, what's going like, like, uh, like, Wait, Corey, who told you that? <laughs> we cut to, like, the next scene now where Shorzy and Sanguinette are now with those two girls from before and asking them about the potential fold. You know, like, they're trying to, well, where do you even hear that from? And they tell him that Nat's on the way. And he he tells them, you know, if we're folding, can you tell me now this way? If I cry, I can be done by the time she's she's here.
0: I I love this character trait. It's so good to have like the the rough hockey player also just like be incapable of not crying at certain times. It's just so (laughs) funny.
3: They do a great thing in this scene, too, where he doesn't cry, but he makes I'm about to cry face, which is a thousand times funnier than him actually crying would be, you know?
2: Because, like, even, like, the first time we hear about the character at that top of the episode in that hockey show, they bring up how he's, like, a habitual crier.
1: He must be having a blast, though. He's just, he's so used to just playing Wayne, who is this, like, polar opposite of Shorzy, and now he gets to, like.
2: That's another thing, and I don't know how it is for you guys. Because for me, again, I only watched the first episode of Letterkenny when we covered it. And um, so I'm only, I only got an episode of him, like, one in one. You guys are much more invested in Letterkenny and have seen a lot more of it. With that in mind, I think he plays this character so different that it's very easy to differentiate the characters. Can you guys, having seen so much Letterkenny, not see Wayne and just see a different character? Can you just see Shorzy when you watch this? I yeah.
3: can, and I was worried I wouldn't be able to. But like when Same. this first when they announced this, I was like, it's going to be weird, though. How can he also play Shorzy? But I, th- I think they really pull it off. I don't. I, can't, I have no problem differentiating.
0: If you, if you notice, if you pay attention to Wayne, he is constantly putting on a, f- like a facial expression. Like he's, it's like, it's like a frown almost that is constantly there. He's squinting sort it's like of. A grimace. I, yeah. Like a, like a permanent grimace that he does not have as shorty and it actually helps change his face enough that you can kind of separate them better.
2: Yeah. It's like, if I remember, he almost has like a look like he's like, like his stomach is gurgling. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. But also
3: adding facial hair, changing his haircut, like those are little things that do a lot to make Wayne look different than Shorzy.
0: I wonder if we'll start seeing Jared Kiso outside of this small Canadian universe because he's got to be one of the most self-aware dudes out there as far as writing and acting goes. And I feel like he's a real like diamond in the rough. And if he was, I wonder if he was smart enough to stay there and just be there But I wouldn't mind seeing him in some sort of, you know, bigger movie. You know, he doesn't need to be this character or anything. But But he's
2: also back-to-back projects that he's creating and, like, all the genius behind is on him. So, like, do you want to leave that to just be a hired gun in someone else's project? Or would, if he was to break out in a film, would he rather just create something himself? Because I I wouldn't be shocked if he were to write a movie that's. For one of these shows or something new.
0: Could a character that's already been developed and written, could he pick something like that up
1: and, and still make it funny? It's what I'm curious to see, I think. I think he would. Canadian humor is just so much different than American humor. And also, look at the trailer park boys, guys. They're, they're as big as you can get, but you don't see them translating to the U.S. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite TV shows of all time is, a, is the Canadian show,
3: The Red Green Show, which is definitely a show we should cover on here. Is that a sitcom. Isn't that a
1: variety show? I, I would say it's a sitcom. No. We'll look into it's it. It's kind of like a deconstructed sitcom. It's almost like the... Uh... It's like Tool Time if it was like longer on Home Improvement. Maybe. I might be able to pull it off. We'll see.
4: Maybe I'm thinking of Red Skeleton.
3: <laughs> There's about a 60-year difference in those <laughs> two shows. <laughs> I like lost my train of thought about what I was going to say about (laughs) red green because you brought up red Skelton. Fuck. I don't even know anymore. Shit.
4: No, you something about translating.
3: Oh, yeah. It's just that that comedian. I think Steve Smith, I think his name is. You don't see him do much other stuff because. Oh, Mike Smith. Yeah. Mike Smith. He's like in that world and he's just always going to be like that character. But I I think that that's a different niche than Jared Kiso, who I think could.
0: They've already given up on live action TV shows like they I don't Ferg, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think any more live action trailer park boys are coming out.
1: I don't think so. I think they just they did that animated one. And that's the new only thing I've seen. And they had the swear net thing when they play themselves.
2: They also have such a they've had so much success under that. They've been constantly putting out content as those characters where it's like, Why do you need to pause that to do some other random project?
4: Right.
3: Think of it this right now, though, not to peel back the curtain to make the shows not be evergreen, because I don't like doing that. But as we speak, we're in the middle of the 2023 WGA writer's strike.
1: It's about to happen. Is it official yet? It's official. They canceled all the late night shows already.
3: Wow. But that's the Writers Guild of America. I don't believe the Canadian... Writers Association or whatever it is, like if it's related to the CBC or what have you. That's their time
1: to strike. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Or this is the time to put out a ton of content or write and produce a bunch of stuff because networks are going to need stuff, right? Like the last one of these things went on for 100 days.
1: That's a long time. From what I hear, all the networks were super prepared for it this time. And they have a million things in the bank because of it.
3: I feel bad for, like, the late-night people, and I feel bad for, like, SNL. Like, all those shows, you're like, you just can't do it. But, like, I support I mean, the writers wanting fair compensation, too. They
1: make a fortune.
0: They're asking for crazy shit. No, they're asking for reasonable stuff. It's this not... is all a
2: conversation kind of for another day, because it definitely takes us out of this, and it's it's very time-sensitive, but... I
3: think it's reasonable. I will say that.
2: I will say the the streaming aspect, and that's one thing that changed when... We went from everyone watching conventional television to the streaming platform. The way they go about royalties and stuff, I don't think was ever properly ironed out when they started moving in this direction. And that seems to be a big problem. And we've seen that even. It's no secret that we're all wrestling fans. And that was a big thing. When they went from the pay-per-view business model to the WWE Network and it was on streaming. And now on Peacock, it's like, well, how are these people compensated? It's a different thing. And, like, that's been an issue And that's all just stuff that I think across the board on all levels just needs to get worked out. Like, how do we go about paying people now that syndication is not really what it was and and all these things are being on demand used on streamers?
3: I mean, think how much money people lose now if you're like an actor or writer or whatever, just on the fact that there's no like DVD box set the way it was, right? Like when the entire season or series of Seinfeld came out, that was like a $300 set that a million people bought, right? Like everybody involved in that made, like, really good royalties out of that, and that's sort of, like, that part of it's pretty much gone now, except for, like, niche releases, you know, like, Blu-rays and stuff, but usually it's not, there's not a huge amount of TV show sellers, you know, like, they don't... Yeah,
1: but to make up for that, they've already gotten increases in pay. What they want now is they want to have permanent jobs instead of being hired as, like, not contractors, but per thing, and that's the main sticking point for it. But isn't that part of
4: being in the union, though? Like, you're in the same pool?
1: I don't think
0: it's smart to have a discussion about something that we really don't know a whole lot about.
2: Right, and again, it's very like, and if you're listening to this episode a year later, it like makes no sense. But yeah, so to get back into the episode, Nat walks in and announces that she's fired the coach, Michael. And but that's because they're folding. And Shorzy's, uh Shorzy's reaction when he hears that, like the face he makes, <laughs> like the whimper, yeah. like lower lip out. He
3: starts crying. He also grabs Sanguinette's arm (laughs) to to brace him, which is a great little move.
2: Nat goes on and she's talking about how, you know, the seats used to be full at this place and it was standing room only. And now nobody cares. Like no one goes to these games anymore. And, you know, her mom didn't give her the keys because she has like all the hockey information in the world, but, you know, she cared the most and now nobody cares. And he just goes, please don't fold. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, do you know how hard it is to give a shit about a hockey team that can't win a fucking hockey game? She's like, what are we supposed to do? And that's when he says, never lose again. And he swears, like, this team will never lose again. And she's like, well, the wheels are already in motion. Like, we've already, like, you know, we already fired the coach. And uh, he's like, sanguinal coach. And he's like, I'm a player. He's like, you're a healthy scratch on a fucking last place, you know, adult league team in the no-show. Like, just, it's time to face facts and just hang it up.
0: And I like how they go on to continue like, oh, use the coach's pay to pay the these players that we'll discuss in a second. Is that under the assumption that Sanguinette will not be paid to be the coach of this team?
3: Or does he still just get player pay?
2: He'll probably get paid, but it was established earlier that she paid a lot to bring this dude in because she thought he was going to bring the team around. So I, I think she probably put a lot of the budget on him.
3: Also, she said she's flying him in and out of Toronto every week for the games, too. Right, and
2: for his hotel.
3: And hotel rooms, yeah.
2: And that's part of this, too, because part of the plan is to get, like, you know, a top line of, like, Canadian-grade studs to fill the nets and then surrounded by, like, the toughest natives. And that was one of those, like, oh, well, how are we going to do that? And then it's like, as you said, we're going to use the money from Coach Michaels, like, well, that was supposed to go to him, and we're going to pay for some, like, actual good players. And he offers for them to stay with him, like so they don't have to pay for hotels. So now he's gonna have like this little fraternity of hockey players just living at his house. And I also like when uh, I think it was Zig who asked something about if these guys are inbred. And he's like, Does anyone kind of think Zig maybe wishes they were? Like it was such a weird <laughs> yeah. like one offline, yeah. but like yeah. for whatever reason his um his delivery there I thought was really funny. But that was weird was when they were talking about it, they're like, they were going over the logistics of they never lose again. Like this season they could win the league. And I was like, but
3: they've already lost 20 games.
2: Yeah. Like, isn't it too late? And the only thing I could make sense of is there's only four teams in the league. So they probably all make the playoffs anyways.
3: Right. Yeah. I guess you'd, you'd have
0: to.
2: Yeah. Like what's the playoffs are the playoffs?
0: Just the two team. Is it just like a two
2: team series to see? So as bad as you are, it kind of doesn't matter if you can get hot in the playoffs. Because that was the only thing that came to mind. It was like, wait, well, hey, we can win the season. Like, how? <laughs> like, you, you guys are already dead and buried. You'd be 4-20. and 20. Yeah.
1: Bleh. Basically, because it's like the worst league in all of fucking hockey. I'm guessing just every team sucks and they all win. And like.
2: Well, no. I mean, from what we understand, the other teams are decent. The, the problem is there's only four teams in the whole league. So, like, when you, like, put that into perspective, because it's just a, a little tiny nothing league. Think about, you know, like the Sox, right? Imagine if the AL East was the whole league and it was just those five teams and you didn't play anyone else all year. So then when you go to do playoffs, there's only so many teams. So. Playoffs? Yeah, you have to just, all right, everyone's in. During this, Nat makes it very clear that if they lose one more game, they're you know, they're going to fold. And then Shorzy looks at her again and he's like, you know, if you were 15 years older, you know, I'd think about it. <laughs> He always keeps talking about how young she looks, but... I but think she's, she's not that
3: young. She, yeah, they, she... they look like they're the same age. It's because Shorzy is a man who appreciates a lightly older woman. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: And that is a man <laughs> that I can also
1: appreciate. That's been his joke since Letta Kenny, though. He always talked about fucking people's moms. Yeah. The yeah. older
3: lady. Yeah, I think it's made... It's, I think that, like, I mean, you're supposed to believe he actually does, because... Some of the stuff he does to Jonesy and Riley in Letterkenny, he says stuff that they're like, they get genuinely mad about because he actually is fucking their
2: moms. It's like briefly touched on at the close of the episode, but when they talk about like one of the people from the press, it's like a woman who does look a a little bit old, not like super old, but she looks like, you know, getting towards senior age and it was mentioned how much he likes her. So I guess there was like, you know, there is a chance that, you know, that's. His getting thing. towards senior age? That one looked like she was in her 40s. I didn't think she did. I thought she looked like she was like in her upper 50s.
0: Yeah, definitely not senior
3: age. No way. I, I got 40s out of that.
0: Close to senior age? <laughs>
3: My God. That poor actress is going to listen to this and be like, what
2: the fuck? I, now I want to find out who this girl is and how old she is. Because, no, I'm not saying she looked like she was 80, but she looked like she was getting close to like senior. I don't remember her name. Though. Senior age is
3: 65. I bet you she's 40-something. Yeah, I say, I think early 40s.
2: Oh, what is this girl's name though? I don't even know how to look her up. They showed her so briefly. She was the
0: she's a reporter,
3: right? So right. yeah, she's a recurring character in the show.
2: And all right, so and you said that girl is forty what? Seven. seven. Okay, so she's not quite senior. <laughs> all right. It was a very brief look. We saw her for like three seconds. So, in fairness,
4: yeah, but in that three seconds, none of us thought senior citizen.
2: i said almost i said almost a senior i didn't say she was already a senior she was just hovering that line of
3: also be careful because 47 is only 10 years older than we are so if you think you're going to be a senior citizen
2: i feel like a senior citizen now (laughs) like
3: that's true you basically don't have ankles anymore you barely can
0: walk uh, yeah i'm
2: fucking caught in hell Ah!
0: Who'd have thought depriving yourself of sleep for 30 years would actually
2: have its effects? <laughs> Anyways, moving forward.
0: But it's okay, because you just keep
3: doing super kick videos on Instagram, no matter how bad you. I had to prove
2: are. to myself that I still had it, and I do. Uh, yeah, to clue people in, my ankles are both trash, and I would probably attribute a lot of that to just being overweight as well, probably putting a little too much on it, but I injured one ankle. I want to say it was I, I don't know exactly when it was either at work or like playing softball or something. I don't remember specifically what did it in, but it's injured nonetheless. And it wasn't when you slipped in pee pee at Epcot. Nope, that was when it was already injured. And <laughs> it, it wasn't pee; it was like water. It was near the sinks. But
3: See so you you picked the wrong King of the Hill character because if you slipped in pee pee <laughs> like Lucky did at the Walmart, Lucky. you could have got a hundred thousand dollars and never had to work again.
1: Gonna going quit the Frito Factory. <laughs> so my ankles
2: are not great uh, these days. Uh, yeah, there's some ligament damage and cartilage damage, and none of you care about that. But in any event, before that, being a, a little boy who grew up idolizing Shawn Michaels, I used to always try to drop super kicks all the time. Being a, a you know a stocky boy, you know, even in my adult age, because I've been doing this since I was a child, I still can get a pretty high kick up there because I just muscle memory, just always doing it. So I think it's the only reason a man my size can kick as high as I can. I don't try to do it anymore because, like I said, my ankles are messed up and I, I'm not trying to hurt myself dropping super kicks to the air for no reason. But I was bored at work not long ago and I was just like placed my phone up and I was like trying to record and see how high I get my foot. And I still got it. Oh, my
3: groin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so many things could have gone wrong there. I like the idea that you just kick somebody's bag or something and, like break. I'm just
2: going to say, you guys saw the still frame. I can get my foot over my head.
3: Well, now I'm turned on. Yeah. What are you doing, Step J? Jay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jay's stuck in the baggage conveyor belt.
2: <laughs> to get back into this episode, Nat tells those girls that um, go talk to their friend at the press, who's the girl we just talked about, and also that they're going to need a big sponsor and that they're going to need to find those tough natives. Why do they keep saying that that's redundant? What's re- are they just- because
3: all natives are tough. So it's redundant to call them tough natives.
2: Because of the area they live in? Is that why? They just feel like they live in an area where everybody's tough?
3: No, they just always, the natives are always portrayed as just being super tough on every aspect of Letterkenny and Shorzy. So they're just saying, like, don't say tough native because.
2: But that's what I'm saying, because of the area they're in. That's why they think it's redundant. They just think people of this area are tough.
3: Not, Not just this area, because it's in Letterkenny too, and that's in a different part.
4: They're saying all, all natives
1: are tough is
3: what yeah, I think saying. it's just in general they consider all natives to be but
4: tough. What's considered a native?
2: Isn't a native just someone of that area? I think they're talking about like the native indigenous uh, I can't people say there.
0: indigenous yeah. people. Yeah, because they always say they're on the reservation.
3: Yeah, Letterkenny and Shirsey do a really like there's a lot of cast and they do a lot for like, a lot of people in the shows are I believe First Nations is the correct term for
0: Yeah, I never thought about that being in Canada and calling them Native Americans, but like Native Canadians. <laughs> but I mean, wouldn't it be North American? Like, so they could, in theory, still be Native American. I don't know. Indigenous population.
2: So, yeah, moving on. The, the girls walk out, and when the prospect of all this happening and them getting the extra chance happens, I just like that it closed with, again, Shorzy's excited face. Was His like face was like wide open in excitement at the idea of everything that was about to happen.
1: Just, was that the end of the episode? I forget. Well, he ends, it, he ends it on the
3: classic Shorzy line from Letterkenny to Sanguinette.
2: Because we, we cut from there, we cut to the three girls walking outside to that back of the bar where Nat had originally met the, the two guys earlier. And we see all those random guys fighting that we saw earlier. Like I it said, there was a payoff. And now we find out these are the natives that they're going to recruit to be on the team. These dudes who just seemingly spend all day just fist fighting for no reason. And one asks Nat, do they play hockey? This is Canada. Everybody plays hockey.
0: True from what I understand.
2: Yeah, that's just the go-to sport everyone just grows up playing. I don't feel like, I don't know, nowadays, I don't know if we have, like, that one sport that everybody plays. Baseball.
3: It's. I mean, as a kid, it's baseball out here. But soccer, I feel like, is also getting very popular for kids.
4: Yeah, but you don't really, I mean, yeah, I guess if you, you had, like, a pickup game of soccer, sure, I'll I'll throw down with you, but. Kids, kids have
1: always played soccer. Even J- Jay and I even played soccer. Yeah. You just, you grow up out of
2: it. I was gonna say you a, as a
1: youth, soccer is the weird.
2: It's like the thing. I think every kid. I think every kid does play soccer. It, like even when, again, we grew up when soccer was not popular in the states, and still every kid played soccer. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like a thing like hockey, like even if you're in Canada, it's just the idea that everyone plays. is an expensive sport to just casually play. You know, so it's. So much gear and ice To play time and need
3: and... gear, especially as kids, because then you grow out of it so quick. I mean,
2: that was always a kind of a problem with the expansion of hockey. It's just one of those things that in a lot of areas that are lower income and stuff, it's just like the kids can't afford to play hockey. So no one grows up into it because it's not something that they can identify with. Because there's, there's no avenue for them to play hockey. So it just doesn't get as popular as where a baseball or basketball pickup game is like, you don't need much. You know what I mean?
3: I never thought of that before. That's why a company like Play It Again Sports is like so ideal for a sport like hockey, because you trade in your old gear as your kids get too big for it, and somebody can get that. You can get somebody else's and kind of like keep the cycle going, because hockey equipment is not cheap.
2: It's a lot of money to just start up. It's in like, so. Plus, you need a rink. <laughs> yeah, and you need a rink.
1: You can play soccer anywhere there's
2: grass. Yeah, like in Canada, I guess the idea is like, you know, Joe, you know, you live in Canada. It's so cold up there. <laughs> <laughs> that like you know the the idea of there just being some you know maybe some frozen ice somewhere where you can have a pickup game is probably a little bit more likely on not all year long but for a good you know good chunk of time
1: that's why that's why gordon bombay was so good he grew yeah. up on an ice lake in minnesota
2: they call him the minnesota miracle man oh yeah
1: i do have a friend who lives in canada though who's from
3: here and he's got kids now and he makes an ice rink in his backyard every winter he like you do you like make it with like you like plywood off a giant rectangle and then there's like sandbags on one side and then you just run your hose into it and within a day it's pretty awesome it'd be fun to just run around and play on
4: but also too in the summer you would probably just play like what we played like like street hockey yeah just street hockey yeah so like you could play year round in Canada
3: and the beauty of street hockey is street hockey is cheap right like you just need a stick and a ball
2: yeah you don't need to have skates you can play just on feet
3: although if you have somebody playing goalie you probably want them to have some pads
2: the
4: goalie the only time that you could tell, like, when we played street hockey, the person that was the actual goalie played, because they had the pads.
2: It depends, like, where you are, too, like, the logistics of being able to have, like, a quick game. And My mind instantly goes to... Um, Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Yeah. Like, game on, game. Uh, every time a car comes, like, is that's what it was like playing things, like, on my street growing up.
3: Mine, too, yeah.
2: You just had to keep pausing every time a car went by. It's like, it really takes you out of the game.
3: And also kind of hope that you don't, like, shoot the ball into somebody's yard and, like, crack a window or something, because you're in a small neighborhood street. It's going to be pretty obvious who did it.
2: I've had plenty of those arguments with neighbors.
3: I had a couple myself.
2: Now we see the two guys at the rink. They're having a conversation about kind of everything going on. And then there's a point where Sanguinette during the uh, the conversation they're having says, I feel like we should tell the league to have an eye for us folding before playoffs. You just end with George going, Sanguinette? He's like, yeah. Give your balls a tug. <laughs> Just like how it ends, it's just like a such a weird line to close on. Yeah, that scene. I mean, it was weird. Like, I don't, I don't know if that, if that little bit of extra between them. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that was the best close to the episode. I didn't think the dialogue was as strong there. It just seemed kind of like
3: I thought it was good though, because again, it's a give you more
0: of Letterkenny shorty character. The ending of this show actually agitated me. I felt like this show needed another four or five minutes. I feel like it just ended like I understand setting up the premise and then, you know, all right, we'll see. You next time. But they they could have given you at least a little bit more because I feel like I, I really do feel like it just ended in the middle of an episode. I was
2: left wanting more, but in the bad way, I, I just felt that that scene was weak. And I think that's why I just didn't think enough happened in that last interaction with Sanguinette and Shorzy. So it was just kind of like a like it was throwaway dialogue. Keep in mind, when
1: this aired in Canada, they aired two episodes. Yes, that's true. So episode two immediately came on.
2: Yeah, we've seen a lot of shows like that. Like, Last Man on Earth, I think, did the same thing where they went back to back.
3: You have to sort of give it a different lens sometimes now with the way shows are put out versus sitcoms we do from, like, 20 years ago, right? That happens that a like... lot when
2: we, we tackle those Netflix shows, same thing, you know? Like, the shows that are made for streamers as their default original air.
4: The different formula. The way that I took to give your balls a tug was like kind of like a good thing. Like maybe he was like <laughs> accepting him. Oh, he was telling him to go jerk off, basically.
2: Yeah. Don't get too philosophical here. <laughs>
3: this, this is, is like, it's, it's his like, it's what his like quip is always to people in.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's his fuck off, basically. Yeah. That's the way he says fuck off to people.
3: It was like, hey, get out of here. Give your balls a tug.
4: Oh, okay. But it, it was still different than just like, hey, Sanguinette, go fuck off.
3: I, I will say this, though. We were having a conversation a little while ago, right, where I'm like, I think this show is better for people all around. I think more people would like it than would like Letterkenny Kenny. And you could pull more people in. I, th- I like this ending because I know the character, but maybe that wasn't the strongest line to end
1: on if you're somebody who's never seen that show, because then you might be a little lost. I think it was necessary because... Even though he's clearly the same character, he's still very different from on letter Kenny. He's got so much more personality, getting a lot more stuff. I think along with the refing scene, like that was all just to remind you, hey, this is the same character. Because there's just so much more dialogue other than him just throwing insults at people,
4: although he still does a lot of that. That makes a lot of sense.
2: So yeah, I mean that was the conclusion of the episode though. So um I don't have a lot of knowledge or anything else really to to chime in with Shorzy, I don't know if any of you guys had anything else you wanted to add before we move forward.
3: I just wanted to add one thing that I thought was an interesting. Uh, obviously, this is the type of reference I think that is made for people in Canada to understand more than us. But at one point, he references a Sudbury nickel, and I like I noted that, and I was like, "That's got to mean something specific." So when I looked it up in Sudbury, Ontario, there's just a giant thirty foot nickel that was put there like in the fifties. It's like a kind of like you know kitschy like, foam henge or any of those things, like, touristy spot, like, stop and take your picture. Uh, Look it up. It's pretty awesome.
2: I was going to say, that's shit you love.
1: You know what's funny is he made that joke, and without me getting it whatsoever,
4: I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: It sounds like an insult, and it sounds like something right? they would say, yeah.
4: It sounds like a sex move. Oh, you're giving me the Sudbury nickel. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but anytime he says something that's just, like, super Canadian, I'm like, like... <laughs>
2: Not much else to do from here other than do the green light or cancel, so um, let's just get to that. Uh, Nick, starting with you.
0: Yeah, this is a green light for me. As far as the pilot goes, it's not without its faults, and I use the term fault lightly because I don't know if it's the show's fault or my fault for just not understanding some of it. Like we discussed, I was confused with who the, the owner of the team was and why they're why they were called a different name at a certain point. I really didn't like how it ended. I didn't enjoy being left wanting more like that. But having said that, everything in between was fantastic. I also really like it because it although it is a spin-off, it works really well as a standalone. Like you do not need to have seen Letterkenny to enjoy this. They don't force you to know all the Shorzy backstory from Letterkenny. They don't leave you feeling left out, and uh it, yeah, it's just got a boatload of potential, and I'm really excited to see what happens. I can't wait to keep watching, so it's a green light.
2: Joe,
3: yeah,
0: green light completely. I think this, they did so
3: much in 20 minutes. Like this is gonna be one of our shorter episodes because the plot itself is pretty easy, right? Like they come in, they have to make the team. When they end it, I love how the episode ends, where you just get like, "Hey, these are these four people. Oh, and also, all these people are gonna live with Shorzy." Like, they put all these seeds in your head that you're like, oh, I can't wait to see that. Like, I know these situations that are now going to be upcoming are going to be super funny. And then they give you what you have to get to the entire end with. They'll never lose. So now you know exactly where this is going. And by how funny all these guys are in it, it like just makes you want to keep watching and be like, I want to see this journey, see how it ends. And I know I'm going to laugh the whole time. I'm a huge Letterkenny fan. I've seen every season of that multiple times, and I've seen this season of Shorzy twice already as well. And I'm probably just going to rewatch it again now because after watching it yesterday, I was like, oh, it's only six 20-minute episodes. Like, I'm just going to throw this on at bed every night this week. I can't wait for the next season. It's a huge green light.
1: Berg. Like Joe, I am also going to rewatch because I was hooked and was upset when it ended because I couldn't keep watching. So obviously green light for me. One of my biggest fears was I told you at the beginning how much I liked the character Shawsy, but I said I don't know if he would get old on his own show because he had the stick, but they, they changed it up enough and added enough depth that it works. I really like that. One thing I don't like is something Joe said he did like, is the fact that they aren't allowed to lose. And I would have liked it more if it was putting butts in the seats kind of thing, and like they could lose because That eliminates a whole bunch of, um, you know, the team gelling and stuff like that. But none of that really applies now anyway. Yeah, it's just a funny show. I I love all the fart jokes, obviously. And I was just having fun thinking about Gordo laughing about them. At the same time, I enjoyed it myself. I thought it was smart at the same time as being juvenile. So it's a good mix. So, again, green light.
2: Gordo.
4: Yeah, I'm not going to rock the boat here on this one. I think I alluded to this a little earlier. So it's going to be a green light for me. With Kenny. it was too fast, too often. Mixed with the accent, I really, really couldn't understand like the quips in the back and forth. With this, I don't know what they did. And I know we kind of touched on it earlier, but it seemed like they slowed it down and articulated it. And I was able to pick up on it. And I absolutely found the show hysterical. Anytime that they introduce you to a character and his first words are a fart, I you you hook line and sinker me. The whole thing, really funny. I've seen episode I think, two and three, but now that you guys tell me it's on Hulu, I think I'm just gonna watch the whole series. So this is a rare thing that gordo has seen and i really did like so green
2: light from me yeah so um we did letter kenny a while back and i canceled that despite having the same creator same star same kind of general style of humor and dialogue it's a completely different show and this one i'm green lighting and i don't know um we talked before i think there's something about the delivery and the energy behind the dialogue here, which is vastly different than it is in Letterkenny. And I think it just, it made all the difference for me. It kept me more invested and interested. And I don't know, in, in my case too, just being a, a fan of hockey, I think that, you know, that style of humor is, is resonating with me. It worked either way because, you know, you have someone like Ferg who openly does not like hockey at all and very much like the show. But yeah, no, um, I think it hit on a bunch of levels. I like that. It it was a fast-paced, kind of 21 minutes, easy watch, only six-episode season. It's going to be a quick, you know, something I I think I actually will follow through and watch the rest of the season in the coming days and excited to do so. Had fun with it, actually, after I watched it, texted a buddy of mine who who I thought would like it, said, hey, you should check this out. So, uh, yeah, Greenlight for me, that's five out of five. So, congrats to Shorzy. You uh, live on to see episode two with us. Yeah, the champ does it again! Woo! Yeah, again, um, and for those of you who are somewhat new to us, you will learn that Ferg is under the assumption that this is a competition, and that if we greenlight the show you pick, that it there's a win and loss thing where um that it's not what we do. Some of us have even gone out of our way to pick shows that we know would be canceled because <laughs> it's not a game. This is not a game that we're doing
1: not a game you're winning. It's a game I'm winning.
2: Thank you to everybody who has listened to this episode and continues to go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to our social media, everywhere to listen to us. Rate, review, subscribe, do all that. I said at the top of the episode, drop a comment, DM us, talk to us. Uh We definitely like getting feedback from you. It, it, it's always really meaningful hearing from guys and gals and alike, uh, you know, just hearing how you found us and episodes that you've liked. And I don't know, it's weird. Cause you know, at the end of the day, we're five friends just kind of talking about sitcoms and then people, you know, come to find us and they listen and you know, they kind of get to know us and it's, it's always cool. You know, you hear someone and they start to like know us in a weird way. And um, I don't know. It's always really fun hearing from you guys. So keep it up uh, again. Thank you again. Uh, we'll catch you next week with another new episode. So thank you. Goodbye.
3: I think we got the best getting.
4: Shut the fuck up, Joe. Huh?
2: (laughs) Huh?